This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Today we begin our series on Dennis Nilsson, or as Ian likes to call him, the Dahmer of Britain. We'll discuss Nilsson's childhood, growing up as a timid, shy kid, and his close relationship with his grandfather. We'll then dive into Nilsson's time in the military and his growing, intense sexual fantasies that eventually culminated in his first murder of a teenage boy. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you're a fan of Fallout Boy and My Chemical Romance, stick around. Tonight's psychopath might be right up your alley. This is Necronomopod. up last week i'm missing 411 yeah i included a case that we had already covered before ah uh, dupe we're already doing reruns yeah what happens which one was that stacy Aris. Mm. i swore i looked at the outline multiple times i, I don't, don't think you did <laughs> no i swear i did i kept <laughs> look, looking did back you look and I'm like, one of the outlines or all three no, of the outlines i had them all open mm. somehow i missed it well it was new to me yeah. <laughs> I, I, honestly it didn't ring a bell to me either so bravo people for keeping their, it real people out their panties in a bunch all pissed off like motherfucker <laughs> you owe me one story <laughs> what is this bullshit <laughs> this podcast has went downhill no one probably noticed we shouldn't have even said it maybe but it's true we like to be yeah. open and transparent in these parts hmm. well all is well i'm we, sure people still liked the episode 411 stuff is super over. Her story is still creepy, regardless. Oh, yeah. Real. We'll just put out like a Jeffrey Dahmer episode next week. Like, oh, we forgot we did that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, shit. Damn. <laughs> Our bad. We did Ted Bundy twice. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> That's true. We did. So, yeah, I'm sorry. That's all right. We'll Except make it up next time. On behalf of the audience. Yeah, I don't, I don't actually think anyone's that upset. No, probably not. But you said you found a source for a bunch more stories, so yeah, there's a lot more to come on the missing 411 final, final, final truths. Yeah, we're going to get away from David Politis and just do like weird disappearances in National Forest. That's right. We're going to do the Tokyo Drift version yeah. of our <laughs> 411 franchise. <laughs> he has very specific parameters. Yeah. A lot of cases that fall just outside those guidelines. That are there's some with like cars involved and stuff mm. where it's like... All right, that's really weird. This is a weird case, but it's not a missing four on one. Yeah. So he did. Did you say that last week? He doesn't do anything involving cars. I don't know. The car ones just sound like 
they're not as creepy. They're not like that missing 401 where somebody just vanishes. There's yeah. like evidence of foul play or I something, see. you know. Mm-hmm. Or even not anywhere near a national park. Right. It just all the time. Yeah. yeah. Just other disappearances in the Yeah, those disappearance woods. shows we do are always, I, I think I say this all the time, very enter, entertaining in the sense of the conversations we have. The mm. um, Who was that Indiana girl? Schaefer? Uh, Brian Schaefer was the kid at OSU. Brian Schaefer. Then there was the girl from Indiana. It was Lauren yeah. Spire. That one. Um, Brian Schaefer. Like all those, just, just people randomly go missing and... Well, it makes for a good show because you could just debate it all out. <clears throat> and that's the plan, I think, going forward is to do more of those cases. Start throwing them in more. People like them. There's plenty of them, I'll tell you that. The number of people that go missing in this country. The epidemic. It was a pandemic, Dave. It was COVID. Oh, <laughs> is, that, is that what disappeared <laughs> yeah. all those people? Well, Got it. Over a million, pal. <laughs> So, all right. Well, this was, uh, you warned us ahead of time, Ian, after we had kind of outlined two weeks on Nilsson. You gave us the heads up that it's probably going to go three weeks before we even started. Yeah. It's a big one. It's a lot of information. Is he a well-known guy? I think so. Is he? I think so. Definitely in the UK. Like we just did, which one to call it, who who died, dipshit guy. Uh, Oh, dipshit guy. We do a lot of those. (laughs) Who's it that just died? Garavito. Yeah. And it didn't seem like a lot of people knew who he had never heard of him before. So it's just hard to tell, like, sure, sure. who who is, like, well-known, like, who do the documentaries cover? Because, like, I don't fucking know. I'm not, I don't watch any of that stuff. Like, I feel like Garavito would have been one that was widely covered on different shows, and he's not. And so now it makes me question a lot, of, like, is Nilsson widely covered? You know, what makes the story captivating and what doesn't? Well, I think but, we said it's probably too hard to put together a reenactment type show like on what's that channel ID yeah for somebody like Garavito who's beheading kids but do they like, do they all have to do the reenactment stuff like i you just mm, think like netflix they mostly would do don't they netflix could do a documentary like serial killers is like the big craze it's it i find it hard to fathom that any of the serial killers can go under the radar and not be covered with like the amount of thirst there is for that stuff yeah i just think some of that the audience, maybe these extreme cases are a bridge too far for some of those people. Mm-hmm. Is what I would think. I mean, Dennis. So Nilsen, they're fake hard asses. The audience, <laughs> yeah. fake tough guys. <laughs> Dennis Nelson feels tame after talking about. Uh, I think that's right. Yeah. Luis Garavito yeah. for two weeks. I think almost ninety uh, percent of our yeah. stories would feel tame. There's some. Uh, I feel like we've been talking about some dark shit recently because I'm like, this is. This is mean, fun. <laughs> this guy's not that bad. <laughs> He's misunderstood. <laughs> he had a show. There was a show about him, like a reenactment type show, like how they did yeah. Dahmer. Mm-hmm. He's he is the British Dahmer, right. the UK Dahmer. A lot of similarities between those two. Well, I can't wait to listen to it. Speaking of dark stuff, that reminded me. I need to get you the um, Art Bell calls for Patreon. Oh, yeah. For that episode. End of the month. It's that time of year. Patreon.com slash Necronomapod. Cocktober, as Mike calls it. <laughs> I have called it that before. Yeah. <laughs> or Ghosttober. Is that what Zach? Is that what he calls it? Ghosttober. Jesus have I heard Christ. that somewhere, man? Cocktober's way better. <laughs> <laughs> what do you feel about Ghosttober? 
That's just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what I do like about Halloween is that Count Chocula cereal comes out every year. I'm a big fan of that. It's only out at Halloween? Yeah. Is it really? Mm-hmm. I thought that was an all-the-time cereal. I don't think so. Is it like a marshmallow mm. thing? Yeah. Yeah. Marshmallow bats. Huh. Interesting. Does it taste different than any other like cereal with, with marshmallows? Yeah, I think so. Like the chocolate they use. Is better? Yeah, it's different. Okay. Top-notch. You always know it's Halloween time. You start seeing those seeing Boo that. Berry, yeah. All those ones. Do you stock it then? Stockpile in your in your pantry? No, I just Maybe you should. Yeah. They wouldn't be as special next year though. Yeah, I wouldn't be sure. excited <laughs> about it anymore. He gets this one box and he's happy. He sits there in his pajamas eating his cereal. <laughs> <laughs> so Dennis Nelson was born on November twenty third, nineteen forty five, in the coastal town of Fraserburg, Aberdeenshire. He was the middle child having a sibling younger and another one older than him. And he was born to Elizabeth Dothry White and Olav Magnus Mokesh. That's a cool name. Olav Magnus Mokesheim? I'm down with Give that. it to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why don't, do you want me to hand you something? You want Olav to give it to you? Well, whoever's in the vicinity. I just <laughs> like that name. That's a Olav's name. a cool name. Yeah. Nor- Norway's got some cool... Uh, names i'm down with the clown on that one (laughs) (laughs) what was uh what's his name his name from mayhem he had a cool name too Aronimus. yeah what was his real name though oh i don't remember his real name oystein arseth that's a cool name i like it all right name yeah or oystein oystein or oystein good stuff so dennis's uh father olav assumed the last name nilsson when he arrived in Scotland in 1940 as part of the Free Norwegian Forces. This was a program for citizens of Norway to escape Nazi Germany's occupation. When Olaf met Elizabeth, it was was like a love at first sight type thing, and they got married by May of 1942. However, that honeymoon phase was really short-lived. Olaf was a really distant guy and had little to no involvement regarding his children. He was solely focused on his military career. By 19... 19- well, I mean, it was a little important at that time. Excuse <laughs> me for fighting Nazis! <laughs> Jeez. Ingrate. How dare he? Guy leaves his country, comes over to England, helps him fight Nazis. Mm, spend more time at home. Mm. <laughs> little Dennis is sad. Mm. I think Elizabeth was sad. <laughs> she wasn't thrilled with yeah, it. You need some dick. Yeah, you're out fucking <laughs> killing Nazis. Who's going to dick me down? Mm. Probably her neighbor, George. God damn it, I just Probably. spit my drink out. <laughs> uh, we don't have any paper towels in here. Fuck. Where'd they go? I don't know. Did we use them all? <laughs> I don't remember spilling anything. All cleaned up there, fella? I am. Spit water all over my laptop. <laughs> the power of editing. <laughs> You're now clean, and we have a fresh roll of paper towels. <laughs> <laughs> By 1948, when Dennis's youngest sibling was born, Elizabeth realized that Olaf was never going to change the way she wanted him to, and the marriage ended in a divorce. No love from Olaf. Sad. When Olaf and Elizabeth had first gotten married, they lived with Elizabeth's parents, Andrew and Lily White. Her parents weren't fans of Olaf. From the beginning, so when the divorce happened, they were more than happy to take Elizabeth <laughs> and the kids in. 
Well, I'm guessing marrying your daughter and not being able to provide her a place to live does not ingratiate yourself to your new in-laws, right? It's, I don't know. Is that different for the 40s? For is that it? time frame? I don't know. Maybe it is. I don't know. Fuck if I know. Can I marry your daughter and can we live at your house? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. But he wasn't a bum. He was working at least. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe that was They're standard probably. for the time. I don't really know. So it's a little <laughs> unfair of me to judge. Right. It's not even our country. How the fuck are we supposed to know? Yeah. We don't read. <laughs> <laughs> what am I, a nerd? <laughs> Growing up, Dennis was a pretty shy kid. And he didn't have any friends. However, he was really outgoing when it came to his grandfather. Dennis recalled that his earliest fond memories were picnics with his grandfather in the Scottish countryside and long walks that they would take, which Dennis always referred to them as adventures. And they kind of were more like adventures than just a walk on the beach. Dennis's grandfather was an avid fisherman, and a lot of times he would take Dennis out on pretty expansive fishing trips. When his grandfather went on trips that were too dangerous for Dennis, Dennis said that he felt like there was a hole in his heart that could only be filled when his grandfather got back. Aww, Dennis. Look at that connection. It's like a Hallmark movie. Dennis is a very emotional person. If you read his quotes from, he has a whole autobiography <coughs> out there and then he wrote about himself. Really? Yeah. We'll have to get to that. Did you read that one? Some of it. Hmm. He's very, um, I guess you could say eloquently spoken. Okay. Very dramatic, very emotional. Very in touch with his feelings. Yes. They're online I've seen him called the emo serial killer. Okay. Hmm. Now in my mind, even though it's the 40s, he had like that black comb over his hair, like over his eye. <laughs> like emo Ian from yeah. that picture. His yep, nails yep. painted black. Mm. The, the shirts that come over the hand. His band was Fallout of My Floorboard Boys. <laughs> <laughs> In 1951, while fishing on the North Sea, Dennis's grandfather suffered a fatal heart attack. When they had a funeral for him, Dennis was given an option. His mother said that he didn't have to see his grandfather in the coffin if he didn't want to. Dennis opted to stand next to the coffin, and everyone kept telling Dennis that his grandfather was sleeping and it was better this way. He recalled that no one really explained death to him, like the death of his grandfather. It was just always, he's sleeping. And that confusion is going to mix with some other issues that are brewing for Dennis. Boy, what a horrible thing to do to a kid. That'll really fuck up your uh, emotional well-being. Hmm. Yeah, you can't Awful. lie about that stuff. I mean, by definition, if you think your grandfather's sleeping, he's going to come back, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean... <laughs> One would think he is still alive oh, if yeah. he is merely sleeping. Ugh, Awful. You already got me feeling sorry for emo boy. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Tugging at my most of, strings. <laughs> most of these notes, you, you're feeling bad for him a little bit. Yeah. Can we parole this guy <laughs> tomorrow? Whoa, no spoilers. <laughs> Stop it. I don't know what the fuck happens yet. Mike wants him out. Mike wants to take him in. He's hey, gonna, he'll let him live in his basement. I got two more weeks to learn. He can listen to his records down in your basement. 
I mean, I'll listen to some Fallout Boy. I'll be all right with. I like Fallout Boy. Fallout of my uh, floorboard boy. No, I don't want to listen to that one. They sound like shit. They 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 went they went corporate. (laughs) Corporate. Not like Fallout Boy. They've kept it indie. They had that that, his album, the Black Parade, of all the dead boys that were in my basement. (laughs) Is that a Fallout Boy joke? No. Oh, Chemical Romance album, Black Parade. I didn't think I listened to any emo music until just before we recorded. You guys told me that Fall Out Boy was emo. And I was like, oh, guess I like some emo music. There you go. After the death of his grandfather, Dennis became very introverted. He was already shy and didn't do great socially. But now he just kind of shut himself off from everyone, including his family. Not too long after Dennis's grandfather died, his mother married a guy named Andrew Scott. In Dennis's eyes, Andrew heavily favored Dennis's older brother, Olaf Jr. But to everyone else in the family, it was that Dennis was so withdrawn and resentful that his mother married Andrew that every attempt to get through to him failed. You know, according to his family members, it wasn't a lack of trying. You know, Dennis's mother, grandmother, and Andrew all tried to get through to him. In all fairness to Andrew, if you got a kid named Olav with a cool name or a Dennis, you're going to go with Olav, I think. As the favorite? Yeah, of course. Well, and also he talks to you. (laughs) That helps. That might help a little bit. Build a little bit of a bond there. (laughs) In no world does a Dennis beat out an Olav. I mean, let's be honest. Come on, Dennis. (laughs) Stop it. It's difficult to argue. I mean, you can't argue it, right? You can't. I mean, it's no Keith. No, but, no. A Dennis, Dennis is heat. not a great name. I can't really think of many Dennis's. Other it reminds you of the dentist. Like, no one wants to go there. You're Some like, you want to go to Dennis's Dennis. house? No, it reminds me of getting a filling. <laughs> of course I'm not going to Dennis's house. I'm trying to think if I even... Like, the when you say Dennis, the first thing that comes to mind is Dennis the Menace. For Dennis me. Rodman. Yeah, I guess that yeah. too. Like, But I don't That's think it. I know a Dennis. I call him Denny. That's a little cooler. Denny's cool. I like Denny. That's good. I like Denny's, so that's also fun. Yeah, if you're a dentist, <laughs> don't go by Denny for sure. Let's go to Denny's house. You're like, oh, yeah, we'll get a Grand Slam. Like, it, <laughs> it brings up nice things in your head. Yeah. Not dentistry. Dennis. No, thanks. So. All right, yeah. Team Olaf Jr. over here. Yeah. His nickname was Dez. He wanted everybody to call him Dez. Mm, that's better. It's not bad. Yeah. But everyone's like, no, fuck you, you're Dennis. You're no Dez, dork. <laughs> fuck, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you think you wanted Dez because it sounded darker, like more emo? Like, um, call me Dez. Yeah, that sounds about right. All right. Yeah, Denny is not emo. Denny's fun guy. You want to go party with Denny? Absolutely, you do. You don't, you know. Get some moons over my hammy when you're done partying <laughs> at Denny's house. That is almost a perfect night. I I'm know, be that's what I'm saying. Hammered, drunk, eating a moons over my hammy <laughs> is almost a perfect night. Maybe Denny's mom blows you while you're there, too. Like, it's the perfect, cool party well, house. Because she's the waitress, right? And she <laughs> blows you <in> there. <laughs> oh, I want some Denny's now. <laughs> Well, it's 8.30. They're probably closed in town, so Fucking we're going to be out of luck. I thought they were 24 hours. Yeah, so did we. Yeah, they are are they back open? No. Oh, they no. used years ago. They were 24 hours. but If you go on DoorDash, though, at night, like later in the evening, maybe I don't even know how late, but there's a thing called the Burger Den in this area, and it's Denny's, but they just it's like a burger menu. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah. I had no idea what that was. Yeah. 
Tried it once. Yeah, not good. That's what you'd expect. Did they put meat on your hamburger? They did. Oh, that's helpful because mm-hmm. Chipotle can't even manage to do that. <laughs> on my double meat bowl I ordered the other and night. And that wasn't DoorDash. That was straight from Chipotle. That was through the app. Picking it up. You even made the effort to go get it. And they couldn't get it right. Correct. Double meat. They're like, no, nah, fuck nah. this guy. <laughs> You're not getting any meat. Fuck this guy. You prick. <laughs> Fucking unbelievable. <laughs> Hit him with that double lettuce. <laughs> Show this asshole. <laughs> you know those kids starving? You're getting double carne asada, you <laughs> son of a bitch, gluttonous motherfucker. I picture him throwing handfuls of lettuce on this like so aggressively. A slab of guac. Extra fajita veggies. Oh, they were out of guac. Oh, really? They were out of uh, mild salsa, too. Who's operating these Chipotle franchises? <laughs> Is this the one in town? No. Up by the highway. Oh. I've never been in that one. Don't. Usually that one's phenomenal. I know. Not I just anymore. don't ever go there because it's further away. Not anymore. They're always, like, if you went in to order, which, you know, who really does that anymore? But every the, one, the first few times I did, nobody in there, quick service, everything good. Hmm. If you ask for the double meat, like, they they hook you up. So well, that's apparently surprising. you have to, so you can keep an eye on them, so they're not dicking well, you around. I think I've told you before, like, I always order double, like, on the app or, like, DoorDash, and I feel like, you know, they don't really do it. Sure. So I started going in, because I'm like, I want you to look me in the eye <laughs> as you put that double, quote, <laughs> scoop on, and fucking man up about it, because... I don't think you'll do that to my face. <laughs> you will not skimp me as you do online to my face, madam or sir. People ask Dennis. <laughs> people ask you for double meat all the time. You don't. Uh... Oh, they get it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You give them what they ask for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And if they want mega meat, it's just two fists. <laughs> <laughs> mega meat. <laughs> there's, there's just standard. There's double meat and there's mega meat. And mega meat is just two fists. This breaks you in half. You got to sign a waiver. You got to sign a waiver. I was so fucking pissed. Well, how was that veggie burrito? It was terrible. <laughs> Most unsatisfying thing in a long time. You go in your fridge just to look for like deli meat turkey just to like put in there exactly. just to get some kind of fucking protein. Ugh, the fucking letdown. But they they made it right. They gave you something. Well, yeah, but you can't get that day back. What yeah. day was that? That meal was October seventeenth, two thousand twenty-three. Meal time. I can't ever get that back. They stole that from me for all eternity. It's I've, never coming back. I have not. I did not last time try that carne asada yeah. when they had it because it was it was expensive, and I just at the time was like, eh, I don't think so. Yeah. But you swear by it, so I think I'm gonna have to try it. No, I've never had it. You were not the one that told no, me. No, I was trying to try it, but they uh, I did you, not want that to happen. Somebody told me that it was a hundred percent worth it. That's that it was not cause, me because I don't tip. What well, you wouldn't know? I, guess. I wouldn't. I don't typically like their steak, but they said no. This is far and away better. Hmm. So, hmm. anywho, well, a bad week. They <laughs> owe you a double carne asada burrito. They do. And when you get it, I want you to post it. Post a little like little picture of it. Like take that one bite and show us the innards. I will do that. Or do the uh, the cross section if you cut it in the middle, like, yeah. the, like they do when they make those fancy bagel sandwiches. Yeah, for sure, fuckers, <laughs> better get it right. I will be ordering it in person so I can keep an eye on them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look me in the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> give me that fucking meat, or I'm gonna give fucking meat to your sister, pal. <laughs> your sister. <laughs> I like this. This was a, a food rant that wasn't mine. It was somebody yeah. else's food rant this time. Motherfuckers. 
<laughs> Never getting that night back. <laughs> it's gone forever. You, gone went, to, you forever. went you went to bed feeling so healthy. Fuck them. <laughs> you wanted to be in a food coma <laughs> with the meat sweats. Yep. Scratchias. <laughs> One thing that Dennis would do all the time was walk down to the harbor and stare at the water, daydreaming about his grandfather. Oh, Dennis. <laughs> In 1955, during one of these trips out to the water, Dennis fell in, and at first he panicked trying to get out, but then he just let go. Dennis later said that he felt that his grandfather would come back to save him, so he just let go and waited. Thankfully, someone in real life was there who was able to rescue Dennis, but Dennis didn't see it as a good thing. He saw it as a disappointment that his grandfather didn't come back and save him, Hmm. and from there he got more introverted. You know, it reminds me of a song I heard once upon a time, my pappy used to sing it to me. It's called <laughs> Jesus Take the Wheel. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you just got to let go and let God, yeah. right? You should have sank to the bottom of the, to the ocean and we wouldn't have to do this story tonight, right? Can you imagine if that person who <laughs> saved him like later realized who they saved? Yeah. Like saw him in the paper and been like, what the fuck? What if he later killed the son of the person that saved him? Mm. Mind would be blown. I think we just found the our follow-up mm. film after James Speedwick. <laughs> We're going to write this movie. <laughs> and then he spends the rest of his life building a time machine to go back in time so he can let little Dennis Nelson drown. How about that? I like it. But... Then he accidentally kills himself going back in time. (laughs) So his son is never born, who was the first victim of Dennis Nilsson. Dennis doesn't get the opportunity to kill. He never turns into a murderer. He becomes the prime minister of England and saves the world. (laughs) How about that? We we 100% need Morgan Freeman for this this project. He's going to be the narrator of this one. But then he goes crazy and launches nuclear <laughs> weapons then... all over the world, and the world ends. And then... <laughs> but then out of the ashes, John Connor sends someone back in time to kill him. I want this all to end with a duel between Dennis Nilsson and George W. Bush. <laughs> the world is on the line. That's the movie I were fucking writing. Will Ferrell will play George W. Bush in a very serious role. There you go. There's no comedy about this. <laughs> we'll obviously bring uh, Keanu Reeves back to play Dennis Nilsson. Of course. And Morgan Freeman he is could the play narrator. Good Dennis Nilsson. <laughs> Please, that man can't play anything. Oh, man. Where every movie we make is just going to be starring Keanu Reeves. I have no problem with that at We're, all. He's our De Niro to Scorsese type thing. Now Leonardo. But yeah. still. Remember Constantine? I heard they're making a Constantine part two. Oh, really? Yeah. They or we? Well, <laughs> it's cool down media. Want in on that deal. action? Can we, if we can get can in, we on, get that. in on that, <laughs> sirs, we will give you fifty dollars to be a part of this project. Fifty dollars. <laughs> Constantine was a really good movie. Mm-hmm. We're just writing fucking hits over here. Should be a screenplay writing center over here. That if only, if only, if only we weren't completely lazy <laughs> and useless. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I think I could write a movie. Could, yes. I'm fairly Would, certain that I could no. write a good screenplay. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I work on it. You think so? <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I get my carne asada, uh, <laughs> carne asada burrito bowl, then I'll get right on that. 
right. It'll be about me going back in time to kill the founder of Chipotle. So I never have to experience <laughs> that pain, pain and suffering that I did last night. <laughs> oh, gosh. So there really aren't many warning signs for Dennis Nelson growing up, you know, compared to other serial killers. He had one instance growing up of animal abuse, at least one that he would openly talk about. Dennis says he was an animal lover, and we'll see in a little bit when he adopts his dog, that dog becomes everything to him in life. (laughs) But at this point in his life, Dennis did kill a cat. Oh, sorry. (laughs) He strangled it to death with a piece of wire. But he said immediately after he got sick and was ashamed of himself for doing it for the rest of his oh, life. Oh, he's so remorseful. He's a good boy. How old was he when he did this? Probably 10, 12. All right. Well, he didn't know any better. <laughs> no one told, no one told <laughs> I mean, him you're not supposed just, to. Just the same guy complaining that man saved him from a river? Well, yeah. <laughs> but no one taught everyone. No one taught him grandpa was dead. Did they teach him you're not supposed to garrot a cat? Maybe he didn't know any better. He said he so, just put the cat to sleep, right? The cat needed a nap. See, thought it was sleeping. Hence a cat nap. Mm. He said that he wanted to see what death was like. He, he was confused. To, he Motherfucker, you stood next to your grandpa. I oh, want to see it come out of somebody. But he, yeah. he just thought That's he was a sleeping. See, he's confused. <laughs> it's a fucked up There's nothing. I want to see <laughs> the light nothing. leave your body. <laughs> that's that's a warning sign. Well, like when your soul floats out and goes up to Jesus, like that kind of stuff. Oh, like it's a 1920s cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> floats up like a like a thought bubble. <laughs> Going to see Jesus. It's one of the new McDonald's triads getting violently angry when they mess up your burrito. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a warning sign. It's going to go postal on us. <laughs> As Dennis got into his teen years, he started to struggle with his sexuality. Dennis was gay, but that realization was met with intense shame and guilt. Homosexuality wasn't made legal in the UK until 1967, and that law didn't go into effect in Scotland until 1980. So back then, there was this unfortunate extra layer of unneeded shame and guilt to work through. Yeah, they put what's his name in prison. The guy that cracked the Enigma code, fucking war hero. Like, oh, you're gay though. We're throwing you in prison. Like, terrible stuff. Turing, Alan Turing, is that his name? Yes. <laughs> Thank, thanks, Mike. <laughs> but yeah, I just, you know, this whole other layer of yeah. you know, unneeded feelings. Sure. He tried to process those feelings in very inappropriate ways. On one occasion, he fondled his younger sister while she was sleeping to see if he felt any difference. Um, And he did the same thing to his older brother while his older brother was sleeping. We already talked about how Dennis is very emotional and dramatic. By 12 years old or so, Dennis's mannerisms were very feminine. So that mixed with his emotions resulted in bullying from his older brother. Like, you're gay, everybody knows it, freak kind of thing two years later at 14 years old dennis left and joined the army cadet force seeing the british army as his ticket to get out of his small town and he also said maybe become more masculine yeah that makes sense how'd you get so masculine mike (laughs) (laughs) fucking tips for denny fucking pussy 
Just makes well, you a man. I don't think that would work in this scenario, but we'll keep it in mind for other you people. You asked me what worked and I, what I, I did. I, I did indeed. I don't work out. I don't shoot guns. I don't hunt. I don't hike. I don't play any sports anymore. I just fuck. I just fuck. <laughs> it's good cardio, man. I can almost go four whole minutes. It's incredible. Did you see that Instagram video a couple months ago where the guy's girlfriend was complaining that like he couldn't go too long? So he put her on the bed with a pillow and made her like like doing a movement like she was banging yes. somebody doggy. She's out of breath in like 30 seconds. He's like, no, no, you got to keep going. Keep going. Keep going. This is so funny. It's fucking tough. You're out of breath in a minute. Keep going. Keep going. After he finished his education at the Army Cadet Force in 1961 with above average grades, uh, specifically excelling in history and art. Dennis, I think it's like a military academy type thing, right? I looked it up. It was 12 to 18. Yeah. And he did really well there. Yeah. He he really liked that military structure, which it's is another people. Yeah, it's another parallel with Dahmer. Dahmer did you know he liked that rigid structure. Mm-hmm. He got sloppy because he started getting drunk all the time, which we'll see. Dennis starts getting drunk all the time too. Yeah. But yeah, it's weird to think of, like look at these two and think that two people so similar existed at the same time. Hmm. It's weird. Maybe we'll write a movie about how they're long lost, separated at birth twins. Like that uh like that Lindsay Lohan movie was the movie. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the uh, twins. Parent Trap. Parent Trap. Yeah. Parent Trap with Dahmer yeah, and Wilson. Lived, one lived in like England. That's right. And then the other one was in America. That's exactly and then they right. ended up at the same camp. <laughs> but I want to have like a twist on it. Like I want it to be like when they grow up, like it's Keanu Reeves and Chris Rock. <laughs> And like they're, they're the brothers. That's even again, better. Again, very serious drama. It's not comedy. <laughs> I think we can pull that off. We'll enhance it with like a triplet who straight and narrow never killed anybody. Hmm. And Danny Trejo. <laughs> well, sure. I'm in charge of casting. That's it. You write the scripts, Dave. I'll be in charge of casting. Look, it's our twin triplet brother machete <laughs> <laughs> but but i like that he's the straight and narrow one no, like he never right. got any trouble the former you know gangster <laughs> oh, man we're generating fucking movie ideas keanu reeves chris rock and danny trejo the triplets we never knew we needed <laughs> <laughs> their dad is gonna be played by harrison ford by the way just in the beginning when they're all kids harrison ford <laughs> I'm thinking, and the mom, Susan Sarandon. Oh, that's not bad. I kind of just want to see Harrison Ford titty fuck Susan Sarandon. <laughs> I would not mind seeing that myself. <laughs> didn't she just die the other day? No, Suzanne Summers died. Oh, I was going to say, no, she didn't die, did she? <laughs> no. I don't think I knew Suzanne Summers died. Yeah. <laughs> didn't, she, didn't she have cancer? She was sick for a for while, a wasn't time. she? Huh, I, I believe she that. was a holistic healer, and way back when she skipped the chemo. Oh really? She went through like the nev- Steve Jobs route. Mm-hmm. Never did it. Like you. Like, I don't know. They ever... mentioned that in the in the you know the video obituaries they were doing on the news. Man, I completely missed that part. Yes, yeah, it's not like there's been anything else going on in this country. Nothing at all, right? Nothing. <laughs> You're right though. That's what Steve Jobs skipped it and they killed mm-hmm. him. Which is crazy. A guy that smart. Yeah, I know. Do that. It's crazy. 
All right, this is bumming me out. Let's go back to Harrison Ford, titty fucking <laughs> Susan Sarandon. Bull Durham, Susan Sarandon. All right. We'll get a good makeup artist. <laughs> okay. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a time of transition, a time of change. Summer is coming to an end and fall is here. With that comes new routines, changing weather, and yes, football season. Does the stress from any of this keep you up at night? Does your brain start talking the minute it touches your pillow? Do your thoughts start racing at inopportune times? Back-to-school routines can be difficult to manage. The cold weather can become a burden. Shorter, busier days can often cause us to question our choices and decision-making process. It turns out, one great way to make those racing thoughts go away is to talk through them. Therapy gives you a place to do that so you can get out of your negative cycle and find some mental and emotional peace. Therapy can be beneficial in helping us learn about ourselves, which in turn gives us the ability to calm our brain down and keep those racing thoughts in check. Therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself, and with that extra confidence, nothing can hold you back. So, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. Get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Necro today and get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot slash Necro. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So when he got out of the Army Cadet School, he briefly got a job at a canning factory. However, the factory job was not for Dennis. And after three weeks, he told his mother that he was going to join the Army and train as a chef. After passing the entrance exams, Dennis enlisted for a nine-year service term and started his training with the Army Catering Corps at St. Omer Barracks in Aldershot, Hampshire. He later described his three years of training at Aldershot as, quote, the happiest time of my life. Hmm. That's where he learned to make those moons over Miami. <laughs> Chef Denny. <laughs> be the happiest time of my life, too. Exactly. Teach me those secrets. He's <laughs> a fucking wizard that can make that kind of stuff. <laughs> so Dennis being gay uh, in the military did pose some issues, his feelings. He never took showers with... Uh, with other guys like he made sure that he did them Hmm. did it on his own because he didn't want to accidentally have you know Hmm. an erection or something like that you know uh get caught staring yeah i I guess but i don't know that's not really a problem anymore is it what do you mean like what what problem like nowadays people in the military shower with gay men and women all the time it's not really a, a thing i mean I, I certainly hope they're not segregated. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's <laughs> I would I would yeah. have some thoughts on that if they were. He, but he did this on his own, right? Like he just didn't want to out himself, kind of. And yeah, that's what yeah. it sounds like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're probably drawing attention to yourself too. Like, oh, look at this quiet, timid, shy guy who doesn't shower. Like, what a fucking weirdo. Yeah. 
What I was trying, what I was getting at is it's not necessarily normal for, like, I think there was other things going on. He didn't know how to process, like, who he was, and maybe he didn't realize there was other people out there like him. He just still didn't know people died. Yeah. He didn't know people died yet. Like, he's like, wait, what, we're fighting? What does that mean? We're putting them to sleep? Yeah, right. At this point, I don't think Dennis has ever met another gay person before. Right, exactly. He's never had a relationship with anyone, so... He might just think he's the only person who's ever felt this way. Yeah. And with no internet or, you know, probably not much literature at the libraries and stuff. Like, you're just out on an island by yourself. Well, I think we'll even get to it. The only literature and stuff you're going to hear about it is negative, right? Like, anti-homosexuality. He's just trying to hide himself, which is a legitimate concern. Mm -hmm. In mid-1964, Dennis passed his initial catering exam and was officially assigned to the 1st Battalion of the Royal Fusslers in West Germany. It was there that Dennis started drinking heavily, describing himself as a, quote, hard-working, boozy lot. After a night of heavy drinking with a German guy, probably around the age of 18 or 19, Dennis went back to this this guy's flat, and they both drank until they passed out. Nothing sexual happened, but when Dennis woke up and he saw this young guy passed out next to him, he got really aroused. Like it kind of clicked with him that an unconscious or maybe even dead sexual partner was what he was looking for. Because Dennis was also, um, this is the first time he had seen someone passed out drunk. Building up to this, he had been getting drunk himself and passing out at parties or things with other guys, hoping that a guy would take advantage of him. Oh, okay. And he had been doing that a lot leading up to this. And then when it flipped and he's got a guy passed out next to him, he's like, oh, I I like this better, this idea. makes sense. I don't know if it made well. (laughs) It's it's not great. (laughs) If you're passed out, though, how do you know someone took advantage of you? How can you even enjoy it? He's probably walking around the party. He's like, oh, this wine cooler is so strong. I hope somebody doesn't take advantage of me tonight. I'll be so prone and unconscious. He's like laying there. (laughs) Maybe that was your friend Kevin in Germany that he got drunk with and passed out. Hello, Ian. It's Kevin. (laughs) It's Kevin's son. Oh, or Kevin's This was Kevin's dad. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Kevin Sr. (laughs) After two years in West Germany, Dennis went back to Aldershot, where he passed his official catering exam. He was then deployed to Norway and later to the state of Aden, which is now part of Yemen. His posting in Aden was rough. There were a lot of ambushes that resulted in the deaths of several men from his regiment. Dennis himself was kidnapped by an Arab taxi driver, beaten unconscious, and locked in the trunk of the car. When the trunk was opened, Dennis managed to overpower this guy beat him unconscious and locked him in the trunk of the taxi. He's, he's leading a pretty interesting life so far. I've never been beaten up by an Arab taxi driver and put in a trunk. No, he's, I hope I never do experience that. In <laughs> Yemen, no less. That's pretty fucking terrifying. God damn. And all these deaths that are happening around him, like guys getting killed, he's not really processing it properly. Mm. Death never still clicked. doesn't understand it. it. It never clicked with him, really. Oh, they're just sleeping. They're taking a nap. <laughs> right. While stationed in Aden, Dennis had the privacy of his own room, which allowed him to further explore his sexual fantasies. He found that by... Posi- 
<laughs> Probably something like that. That was actual audio. Yeah. <laughs> From Aiden. I got I I called Aiden. <laughs> Hello, Aiden. File store. Can you send me this? The Aiden archives. Aiden archives. <laughs> Dennis found that by positioning a freestanding mirror in the right way that his head was out of view, he could visualize himself doing sexual acts with another man. I tried this this afternoon. I really couldn't figure it out. No. I'm not sure what he was actually doing. <laughs> that really work. I must have had the angle wrong. I don't know. You're like, oh, well, I'm not turned down by this dad bod. I don't get my women like this. It's disgusting. <laughs> He called this splitting. Like this allowed him to split his personality and his fantasies, imagining himself as both a dominant and passive partner. Then the fantasy started to include elements of that near-death experience that he had with the Arab taxi driver, the dead bodies of the guys from his regiment that he'd seen in Aden. And he had this 19th century oil painting called The Raft of the Medusa in it shows this older man holding the body of a dead mm. young boy. He was a big fan of that picture, like jerk-off material. Oh, man. Yikes. Well, I guess you couldn't get a Sears catalog over there, so you're going to make two. <laughs> Got to settle for the 19th century <laughs> oil paintings. It's fucking Yemen, I mean, you know. In one of his most vivid fantasies, Dennis imagined a young, attractive, blonde soldier who had been killed in battle. In this fantasy, the soldier's body was dominated by a faceless, quote, dirty, gray-haired old man who washed the corpse before having sex with it. Jeez. I think that kind of ties back to that painting, too, because yeah. the description's a little similar. And the the Muslims wash the body of people after they die, right? Mm. They tie that in there somewhere. It's really weird. He's got a lot going on. Yeah. Like, seeing guys in your unit get killed in combat and then fantasizing about them sexually is... You, I don't even know what to say about that. It's taken a turn. Yeah, It's definitely on a path. After Aiden, Dennis returned to the UK, where he was assigned to serve with Argyle and Sutherland Highlanders at Seton Barracks in Plymouth, Devon. Dennis's ability to cook was tested during this time because he had to cook daily for 30 men. Uh, he later said that, that he was so busy with this, he had no... No time to even like yeah. worry about all his sexual fantasies and whatnot. Thirty men though. How many people is the short order cook at Denny's cook for a day? Come on, a lot more than that. Ten times that. Mm-hmm. Pull it together, Den. Ten times that <laughs> on a Friday night at midnight. Exactly. Dennis served at these barracks for a year before being transferred with his regiment to Cyprus in 1969. A few months later, the regiment was relocated to West Berlin. It was during this time in Berlin that Dennis had his first sexual experience with a woman. It was a sex worker that he had paid for. Dennis bragged about this with the guys in his regiment, but he later described the experience as both, quote, overrated and depressing. Oh, hearing you say that about sex just gave me PTSD. <laughs> Read that review one too many times. <laughs> depressing. That's a real... Not just overrated, depressing. <laughs> I was depressed when yeah. you finished fucking me. That's an extra, kick extra it, word in kick, there. Extra kick in the dick. Dennis is a pretty extra kind of guy. He is, he is <laughs> most certainly. 
not too long after this, Dennis received the prestigious assignment of cooking for the Queen's Royal Guard, which that lasted until 1972. Dennis had concluded his 11-year military career, leaving the service at the rank of corporal in October of 1972. After being discharged, Dennis went back to his old family home in Stricton, Scotland. During the three months he stayed there, his mother constantly got on him about dating women. Like, why aren't you dating anyone? You need to get married and start a family, all that kind of stuff. There was public debate going on at this time regarding homosexuality, and Dennis sat down with his older brother, Olab Jr., his sister-in-law, and another couple to watch a documentary about gay men. While everyone else in the room viewed the subject in disgust, Dennis defended gay rights, and this led to a really heated argument where Olav Jr. decided to tell their mother that Dennis was gay, and from there, pretty much all contact with Dennis's family was lost. It was only oh, sporadic after Dennis. that. I'm, I'm switching sides. Fuck Olav. What a dick. Wow. I'm going with Dennis now. Olav had been fucking with him <clears throat> for being gay from the, yeah. when they were kids. Dave's flip-flop a ton this episode. I'm going to start calling you John Kerry. I don't care. I was before the tax increase, before I was against it. Is that what he said? I was Something. for it before I was against it. Like, oh, it sounds thanks, like, John Madden. Yeah. <laughs> I was for it, and then I was against it. And then I smartened, and I was against it because I didn't want to be for it anymore. That's right. <laughs> Let's make great sound bites. In December of 1972, Dennis decided that he was going to move to London and join the Metropolitan Police. In April of 1973, he finished his police training and was posted to Williston Green. Dennis liked the work, but he missed the camaraderie of the army. He started drinking alone in the evenings. And during the summer and fall of 1973, Dennis began to go to gay bars and have a bunch of one-night stands with men. He said these encounters were, quote, soul-destroying liaisons in which I would only lend my partner my body in a vain search for inner peace. In December 1973, Dennis resigned from the police. Didn't mm. last long. Kind of like yours, Mike, but yours are whole-destroying liaisons. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have an argument for that. <laughs> Still overrated and depressing, though. Your whole destroying skills. Well, I mean, one review like that will stick with you yeah, more than yeah, all the yeah. all the holes you've destroyed. <laughs> right? You always remember those losses. You never remember the wins. That's a really good point. What are you going to do? <laughs> holes is holes. Keep on destroying them. <laughs> one bad review will leave you unable to continue. You'd have to retire from the game. To, to lesser men, yes. And it's a real mind fuck. I just cry myself to sleep at night holding the bottle of Jack Daniels. <laughs> I still perform when duty calls. Of course. You're professional. <clears throat> professional hole killer. <laughs> In November of 1975, Dennis met a 20-year-old man named David Galachan outside of a pub. David was being threatened by two other men, and Dennis stepped in to defend David. They spent the evening drinking and talking, and you know, they hit it off right away. David had recently moved to London from Somerset. He was openly gay, unemployed, and living in a hostel. The next morning, they made the decision to move in together. Using part of an inheritance left to him by his father, Dennis immediately set out and found a bigger place for them to live in. Within days, they found a ground floor flat at 
195 Melrose Avenue in the Cricklewood District of North London. Dennis worked out this deal where the landlord gave them exclusive rights to the garden so they could plant flowers and all this stuff, and they adopted a puppy, which was a black and white mongrel named Bleep. Oh, Bleep. What the Bleep are you doing over there? From this point forward, Bleep is the end-all, be-all of Dennis's life. Mm. I don't hate this guy so far. Seems like a misunderstood chap. So far. So far. I like the exclusive use of the garden negotiations. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what could they be doing back there? They're going to grow those fucking radishes. <laughs> and then Dennis went on to win the prize for the biggest radish ever grown in the UK. <laughs> and he lived happily ever after. <laughs> Only made great. possible by his exclusive use of the garden. Very skillfully negotiated with that landlord so long ago. <laughs> That'd be a great twist to the story. He's just not even a bad guy at all. He just wanted to have a big radish. Yeah. And he retires. Radish champion of the world, at least of the UK. <laughs> <laughs> Over the next few months, Dennis and David started redecorating and furnishing the flat. A lot of that work fell on to David as Dennis began to view himself as the breadwinner since David had trouble finding a job. Within a year, they were sleeping in separate beds and bringing home casual sexual partners. They really weren't even together at that point. Yeah. Dennis was never physically violent towards David, but he was very verbally abusive. And by May of 1977, the relationship had gotten to the point where Dennis just told David to leave. But... David later told investigators that it was his decision to end the relationship. I don't know if that's revisionist history after he saw what Dennis did. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to be associated with that. <clears throat> I left him. Yeah. I knew what was going to happen. I didn't warn anyone. I just left. <laughs> <laughs> Took my radish seeds with me. God damn it. <laughs> that's just evil. I know. You don't take another man's radish seeds. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously bleep stayed behind with dennis dennis is never going to have another relationship with anybody besides his dog bleep going forward where'd the name bleep come from i don't know i'll find i'll figure that out i like that week. bleep bleep it's not bad i'll figure it out for next week i'll look through his book i'm sure it's in there somewhere bleep <laughs> over the next 18 months Dennis had brief relationships with several other young men, but none of them lasted for more than a few weeks. And no one ever expressed any desire to live with him permanently. By late 1978, Dennis was living a really solitary existence. It's just nothing but failed relationships. He threw himself into his work at a job center where it was his job to find employment for unskilled workers. And he spent most of his evenings alone, drinking and listening to music. At this job, Dennis was known to be a quiet employee who was very active in the trade union movement. He did so well at this job that in 1979, Dennis was appointed acting executive officer of that job center. Look at him. Successful guy. <clears throat> Things are looking good for Dennis. Let's just stop here. Yeah. Remember him the way he used to be. Like, just not even a part two. We'll no, just move on to something else. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the story of Dennis Nelson. As we told it. <laughs> it's our version. The champion radish grower 
executive officer of the job center, Dennis Nelson. I mean, minus the whole radish thing we went on. Did we tell a lie? No. We didn't tell a single lie in this story. Nope. Him and Bleep. Happily ever after. He is probably fucking Bleep, right? (laughs) No, (laughs) he was. I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the feeling I'm getting. Well, we'll see where part two takes me. But right now, I'm thinking (laughs) he's fucking Bleep. Sounds so weird saying that. Yeah. Fucking bleep. Is he fucking <laughs> bleep? Right. You're bleeping the wrong part of that sentence, pal. Behind this quiet life that Dennis had built, his fantasies of an unconscious or dead partner had come to a boiling point. Right before he got this promotion at the job center, Dennis committed his first known murder on December 30th, 1978. The victim was 14-year-old Stephen Holmes. Stephen had crossed paths with Dennis at the Cricklewood Arms Pub where Stephen had unsuccessfully tried to buy a beer. He got carded and they're like, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Dennis, who had been drinking heavily alone that day, per usual, decided that he needed company, quote, at all costs. Seeing an opportunity, he invited Stephen back to his flat with the promise of more drinks and listen to music. Dennis later said he thought Stephen was 17 years old kind of sounds like that guilt of killing an underage victim yeah. that a lot of these guys have. Yeah. yeah. Once they were back at Dennis's flat, both he and Steven continued to drink heavily and they eventually fell asleep. The next morning, Dennis woke up to find Steven still asleep beside him. Dennis later wrote that he was, quote, afraid to wake him in case he left me. It was at that moment that Dennis made the decision to murder Steven. He said that he wanted Steven to, quote, Stay with me over the new year, whether he wanted to or not. Dennis then reached for a necktie and straddled Stephen. Dennis strangled him unconscious and then filled a bucket with water and drowned Stephen in it. That's weird. He's very much like Dahmer in that he doesn't like killing. It's not the act of killing that Mm. gets him off. It's having the body body with him. This, mm. It's exactly like Dahmer. Yeah. Dahmer's first victim. He didn't want him to leave. He wanted him to stay with yeah. him. Yeesh. Later on about this first murder, Dennis said, quote, I eased him into his new bed beneath the floorboards. A week later, I wondered whether his body had changed at all or had started to decompose. I disinterred him and pulled the dirt-stained youth up onto the floor. His skin was very dirty. I stripped myself naked and carried him into the bathroom and washed the body. There was practically no discoloration, and his skin was pale white. His limbs were more relaxed than when I had put him down there. Stephen Holmes's bound corpse stayed under the floorboards for almost eight months before Dennis built a bonfire in the garden behind his flat and burned the body on August 11th, 1979. And that's where we'll pick back up on part two. Some telltale harp shit right there. (laughs) It can't be easy to burn... Like, he's not out in the countryside somewhere. How do you burn a whole body in a bonfire in your little garden in the backyard without people noticing or smelling? Smell it. Jesus. Yeah. Like, you're you're sharing that building with other people, right? Because he had had got access to the garden. I mean, it's a city block. It's not. That's weird. Maybe he hacked it up piece by piece. but, But he didn't say that. It just smelled like a barbecue every night for a couple of weeks. It doesn't smell like a barbecue, though, does it? You tell me. I, don't, I never burned a body. A lot of people don't question Dennis. This is another one of those stories mm. where he just kind of... Mind your own business. Yeah. 
He has exclusive rights to the garden. He negotiated it. We can't do anything <laughs> about that. We can't even look over the fence. When he gets caught, when we get to part three, and you know he gets caught for for all of this, the building he's living in at that time has six or seven tenants mm. in it besides him, and he had all this going on. Wow. So yeah, when we get into part two, we'll just kind of continue with the timeline of how Dennis progresses through all of this. Well, he was all right up until that last paragraph. He was going good, but uh, last few paragraphs, maybe. <clears throat> but he ended up breaking bad, if you will. <laughs> all right, so we got two more parts to uh, tell his story, correct? Yeah. All right, good stuff. Well, we'll save final thoughts on for the end. Anything else from his childhood that you wanted to make note of or mention? No, I think we got everything. All right. All right. What do you got on your end, Dave? Thank you to new patrons, 100 Pounds of Fury, Smokey Bear, Tiffany Moulton, Live Shaft Love, <laughs> <laughs> Nikki Acker-Smith, Dale Cummings, Victoria Lewis, Corelli, Kimberly Bryles, Amy Jeeps, Jill McFadden, Michael Seich, Grombo Cheese, Randy Polanich, a man named Corn, Cindy, Sean Kelly, Amy Morrison, Jeannie Roddy, Booty Hole, Booty Hole, Booty Hole. No, no. <laughs> booty Hole, Booty Hole, Booty Hole. I don't. <laughs> Someone cast a spell, Mike. I don't know who the fuck that listener is, but unsubscribe. You're no longer welcome here. Please, we, your money's no good. How dare you? Mike, calm down. We, we almost got to a whole episode. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Thank you, new patron. Booty hole, booty hole. I like a booty hole, too. <laughs> Aaron Bailey, Alicia Bunny, Michael Garcia, Ashley Kay, Shanna House. Kyle Antonioli, Dason Wright, and E-Unit. Thank you so much, new patrons. You got anything for us, Ian? For iTunes, I have one for Elvin Gargla, K-Gates 1106, Russian Atlas. They were an Army vet in Afghanistan in 2012. So. Oh, nice. Thank you for your service. Pigeon Mayo and Carrie Mix 4. Thank you guys for the awesome reviews. Anything else, Dave? I have nothing else, no. What the fuck are those international reviews? You're sleeping on a job. Hmm. How about a review from Myanmar next week, please? Someone from Myanmar, please leave a nice review. That would be all right. I would accept that. Yeah, definitely. All right, cool. We are on the Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, at Necronomapod, Amazon.com. Search Necronomapod for all of our merch. Patreon.com slash Necronomapod for all of the bonus content, including coming up our annual tribute to Art Bell, Ghost to Ghost for Halloween, and Necronomapod.com. All right, you guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers. <laughs>